Okay, we're back with another interview. It's Lewis again, and today we're here with Lewis's mother. Okay. Um, so, what side of Chicago are you from, and what exact neighborhood are you from? I'm from the west east side of Chicago, and I'm from what is called the University Village. How how was your neighborhood growing up? Like what? What made it different from other neighborhoods? Um, because it was mostly 99% African Americans. It was undefined, uneducated, unequality. It, it lacked a lot of things that needed to bring a community strong. It was like poverty. So how how did how did your neighborhood being that way make you feel and how did that shape you? Um, it made me feel unequal, unjustified, unhuman, knowing that that we were living less beyond the average person, knowing that uh, we were not offered many different equalities such as education, food just mental health so it it makes you feel inadequate knowing that you can go to certain parts of Chicago and get certain resources that's not in your same neighborhood so it kind of um, makes you want to push harder it makes you want to self-educate yourself and it makes you want to stay aware and on top of what is called gentrification which is what is a part of my neighborhood now so it, your neighborhood has always been that way like even back when you were younger it was um you know in poverty not a tight-knit community um the food wasn't there it was always like this unfortunately yes because uh, it was a part of a community that was a, a project meaning that People got together, came up with an idea to see how the idea would spear off. And because of that idea that they used as a project, they saw that keeping so many African-Americans uneducated, um, not with quality health care, not with quality mental care, not with um, quality resources, it provides them to stay inadequate and un, um, unequal to where they can fight for what's right and what's not right. So yeah, unfortunately, it's been like that for a while, just up until a few years ago when it was gentrified. Um, now it's just small little increments of communities around one large community that's not poverty. But yes, we're still in poverty as of 2020. So, through all these struggles and everything, how did you find yourself, you know, making friends? Was it an easy process or, you know? Um, As I stated, um, one thing it was was a project. So, they put many families in one community. And by doing that, it wasn't hard making friends because there was always someone outside. There was always someone available because it was 
what they did was just took multiple families and just stuck them in one area. And doing that, you have like-minded, unlike-minded, but one thing you have is people that wanted to just communicate because you see them daily. So it's not hard making friends. It's just hard having um, people that are like-minded and having friends that are goal-orientated and self-driven that wants to you know make a difference so that's the only thing some people mindsets can be conditioned to not wanting to grow so no it's not hard it's just finding once again adequate like-mindedness i feel that's still you know a problem today because even in the neighborhood we live in now i don't find as many people who want to do the same things as me and want to grow as me so um i can see that even from 80s 90s to now things like that haven't changed you know they still keep you around people who are not as like-minded as you so um how did you how did you you know grow and find people that were closely minded to you or you know that good group of friends that you know you were able to grow with unfortunately i had to incorporate different communities meaning i had to get out of my norm and go to the unknorm so i had to travel and traveling back then was hard but it's even harder now but you had to know the rules of the streets you know eye contact no certain colors you can't wear expensive things so once you understand the streets have this own rules opposed to society then you're able to migrate and know which areas to go in and once you know how to go into different areas you start just getting different energy different auras you start hearing the way people may speak it could be at the library where it's a book that someone so you just start opening your eyes up to how other people think and you just also have to present yourself in this world and know how to also want to make friends and be a friend and also have things to communicate about so that you can be around like-minded people so you also have to keep yourself open-minded educated and you know also ready for whatever comes in life to know that it's much 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 more bigger than just stand in one small close-minded environment and mental thinking so um, once I uh, ventured out and met other friends in different areas you kind of incorporate all those friends together when you have what is called gatherings and that's how you you network you know everyone don't have to come from the same community or the same area but that's how I was able to escape I went to a different school I didn't stay with my community school or the popular school I didn't work where everyone else worked I I went downtown I I didn't go for the easy things so I, I, I went to things that I wanted to be challenged at and by doing that is how I opened my mind up to meet those that were on the same agenda that had the same goals and focus and that's how I was able to overcome not being a part of a product of my environment for lack of better Okay, okay. We gonna switch the flow up real quick.
So you said something about energy in different neighborhoods and everything. When you were out traveling, what neighborhood gave you that, you know, the best energy, you know, was the the most lit, live neighborhood out there? Okay, you said the word lit, but I'm like... Okay, back in your day, it wasn't lit? No, but when you say the word lit, what we used to call was comfortable, um, family-orientated, because everyone would call you cuz or bro or sus. So, the, the... Places that I felt the most comfortable, even though they were stuck in a one set mind, is home. What most people would call the ghetto, for lack of a better word, or the hood, because those are the places where you can go and be any nationality, any age, any preferable of your sexual origin, and you will be accepted. Um, it's rare that. I can go in different communities and be accepted still to this day, but the hood where it's mostly African Americans or we'll say the brown communities, we accept others more than others accept us, especially blacks. Um, That's why, you know, no matter where we go, people always want to know where it be from our hair, from our skin, from our touch, from our tone, from our dialect, wants to know many things about us. And, and that's why, because um, the hood brings you different points of views, because everybody in the hood do have that one mindset, but it's, as they say, crowers in a bag, trying to pull you down, and everyone got a different way of trying to get to the top, but they just don't understand, all they have to do is just venture out and not take from one another so and then that comes the lack of not having because if everyone had resources or had a trade or somewhere where they can you know provide for themselves it wouldn't be so the ghetto because you're going to always get love you're going to find a a grandmama in the ghetto you're going to find an auntie you're going to find someone that can replicate that type of love whether it's cooking or just something essential if it's just sitting on the porch smiling just whatever you're gonna find that uniqueness of genuinecy in the hood so the hood is where i feel the most comfortable is at do you think because you're saying how like you know you had your auntie that wasn't really your auntie your grandma that wasn't really your grandma do you think that's still a thing today where you know you go out there not for you like for me maybe where I don't. Th- I don't think I have this. Maybe I just don't travel enough. You know, I'm not out. Unfortunately, but. the uh, the age group that's coming up now, they they're trying to build it, but you don't have it because you have so much division, so much of mis like madness, miscommunication, mis misconception. You have all of those which clouds the home concept of genuinely in love so a lot of people in your age group can't feel that because unfortunately we've there's not a lot of the big mamas around or the grandmothers <laughs> or the aunties you know you're like oh that's tt you know no matter what so it is it's a lot of different factors that have taken the genuinity of love from your age group that have allowed you guys to have the passion and desire you just don't have the direction plan or firm foundation so yeah 
yeah, unfortunately, the the whole fan of having that genuine that go up or <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's but I don't I believe that it's coming back around. It, it may not be. Give it another 10 years, I believe we're getting back to that as we're dealing with this Black Lives Matter because it's real serious. Okay, we're going to switch it up into your high school days. What high school did you go to? Um, I went to Cary Metropolitan on the south side of Chicago. How? Ooh. So I... You, you lived out west, but you went to school out south. How did those two, you know, factors or, you know, how different was those two areas? Wow. It was, uh, it's the true saying of when they say, um, you can tell the south from the north. I mean, the north from the south and the south from the north. It's the uh, same aspect when you go from one side of the city to the other because um, people live different. And it's not that um, we don't acknowledge it or we don't accept it but some people have different views of how that they need to live or how that they feel they should live because they didn't have to live in a lot of communities the south side had more homes where the west side had more projects which was um apartments on top of apartments on top of apartments on top of apartments on top of apartments Mm -hmm. where you had uh, maybe seven people living in a two-bedroom, a half of a kitchen, one washroom, as opposed to the south side, you had maybe two, three members living in a four-bedroom home, six-bedroom, two-bath. You know, they knew what it meant to have a YMCA. So the, the difference between the west and the south side, it was more of, they, they used to say, have the same where the west side was the ghetto and the south side was bougie because they had homes but we had more love and heart so and we knew you know we we had block club parties that's how you knew everyone and we we, it was a block club party every day for the west side because everybody was in that one community versus you know the south side to get together once a month or once a year but the uh the difference it opened my eyes up to know that it's okay to live in two different aspects but we have the same direction so it was a big eye-opener because you saw more um two household parenting you know versus in the communities on the west side hood the auntie down the hall was tt so cause <laughs> the mother might have to work so tt watched you versus out west you had i mean out south grandmother may have had a little money and say so she did in the house or uncle and they come home to, to a little chichihuahua versus <laughs> the west side you, you come into the greeted to the door with bullet you know a pit boy protecting the house so to make sure the kids didn't, you know, get messed with. So it was just two different versions of how some families had more abilities and more resources than others. And because of that, they were able to venture out more versus, you know, those that didn't have those, they had to get it for themselves or they had to reach out. And that's where that word came. It takes a village to raise a family from because literally in the get on the communities on some a lot of the west sides you had that family oriented admitted versus 
you know, South Side, they had a one grandmother west. You may have four grandmamas. They had more than mm-hmm. granny house to get a play. I'm going over here to see this. And there was genuine love. You know, they they made seven hot dogs. They cut it up to feed 14 like Jesus. So it was, was eye opening. Never heard that one before. But, Carrie. Carrie. I'm listening. What made that school so different? I've been to multiple carry you know, and y'all come collect as a group. Y'all talk uh, very proud about y'all school. What make y'all school just so different? Okay, well, for me, um, I had, back in the day, I wanted to, I researched and I wanted to do different things. So you had schools on the west side, schools on the south side. So I found out the Curie was one of the schools that offer open campus lunch where you can go out for lunch versus even have to eat the school lunch. Then Curie also offered multiple vocational programmings such as cosmetology, wood shop, auto mechanic, which certified you, which a lot of the schools on the west side didn't have those options. So I chose that school because for one it was not easy to get to so and you had to test back then in the day to get into the school and what they were offering and it was um uh different ethnic ethnicities different cultures different religion (laughs) it was different like I, it was like I went to school living and walking downtown Chicago on one building and knowing that they had struggles just like we did, but in a different way. So I chose Curie for a lot of factors, but I really love the open campus. I love how I was able to go to wood shop because I once wanted to be my own construction worker. So I, I always planned on building the house then I was able to learn how to do hair plus work on cars so it was just I had it all huh yes and if those factors were at all schools around a lot of people would have so many resources of working on their own because that's what life's about bringing in your own two hand income you know a man that don't work don't eat so that school provided a lot, a lot. So it, that's what drew me to it, the funding, the resources. And unfortunately, I had to travel to get it, which is sad. Okay, okay. And uh, back in the day, I heard you had a little skill or whatever. Did you play any sports in high school? Yes, I did. What sports did you play? Sports back to your neighborhood. You did any any running in the neighborhood? Of course, we ran from 
That's a good time, but you know you grew up in one of the greatest times ever, the '90s. You know, you had all the music, the everything. How? What was a typical day in the '90s? How did that look? Your hair for the burger. 
everybody gonna eat something with everybody. If it was French fry, we gonna cut the fries in half. So, so that was the nineties. It was. What would be your favorite favorite if you could choose one thing from the nineties? The party. The parties. It was love. It was genuine. It was just getting out to see who had the latest and who outdressed who and who had the freshest hair and just oh wow the dance moves was different you had the real yeah what dance got you on the floor like Ooh, this my jam of course the house music talk about house or the time for the percolate is that you know the juke music of course cause you had to it's time for the it's just everybody was in sync it wasn't something that you had to stop and plan it's just it's just like the electric slide when you turn it on you know you gotta move it's the electric boogie 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 so it was just the unity and it was uh, back then it wasn't about killing it was more about just letting everybody know hey I'm, I'm surviving too I'm happy as well and just smile and it took your man off if, if you didn't have nothing to eat if you just got shot at by the police if your mother was on drugs and just it the party just brought everybody cause you saw the people that you probably didn't see all that day oh damn what's up what's I see you was doing just you had people that was doing hustling people that were in school it just brought all of the diversity of black people together so if it was a person that didn't have it did have it when it came to parties and you saw everybody it was love it was genuine it was a time where everybody made sure everybody was good it wasn't no let's put on it was they bought it you do it and everybody feeling the same way so the partying and the dinners. The I know you. Dinners. I know you. Right from the party, then go home eating no Sunday dinner. What fast food or food restaurant? If you had to choose one restaurant, what restaurant you hitting up after that party? That's what I'm trying to tell you. We didn't have what you guys had. Like uh, McDonald's is something that wasn't accessible to us. Meaning coming up in the ghetto, those were things that was hard to get in our communities because they were scared, they were afraid of being robbed or just because we had this stigma that we didn't want anything, which wasn't true, you know how they say you got a few bad apples and because of that a lot of those high corporates didn't want to invest in our community, so you had people like what we call the bees, the the the, the the TTs, the people that sold late night pizza puffs and, and fried them up for you, Italian beefs, or one of the things was cheese fries back in our days. You know, you got to order cheese fries or a pimple. That was the things when we left the party, stopping at the, at the corner at the end and getting a snowball. So you went in the house and you, if you didn't, you ate leftovers. That was the thing. That's what leftovers was for. We didn't. Or you went to maybe a Polish stand, but as far as a McDonald's or nah, we didn't have those type of things. You ate a bag of chips, cheese fries, or you stopped at one of the people houses that was cooking. Hey, give me. They was called candy stores back then, you know. 
filled your body with unhealthy things, but we had people that provided for us. So that was one of the things that they provided, which was things we wanted. What? So what was one of the what's the what was one of the biggest things that happened that was happening back then? Like drugs, um, poverty, criminal activity. Um, we had a division. So because of gang wars back then, it it, it limited a lot of people from leaving to expand their mind because they were limited to different rules and regulations under what were gang rules. So yeah, that that right there had a lot to do with keeping a lot of families separate. You know, it was the west side, east side, south side because of the gangs. There were certain areas and certain people you couldn't. Not that you didn't want to, it's just that you couldn't and Back then, some people were guilty by association. So if your brother was this type of person, you were guilty by that association. So you definitely couldn't be a part or go over in that area. So the gangs were real constituents, but powerful. Very, very, very powerful. They, they controlled. They migrated what they wanted they incorporated and they uh, they got economical money through different legal and illegal ways you think it was worse back then than it is now worse I wouldn't say worse I would say now it's ridiculous <laughs> like do you think it was worse in different ways so she won't say worse you still say worse in different Okay, not worse, but like okay, it it could it affects you in different ways now than then. Uh, the only reason different there were like I said they had rules they had regulations. Now today everyone is in control. Everyone have no no structure no foundation. No one has no one to listen to. Versus back then there was consequences for actions. There was consequences. Now there's no consequences, there's no big brothers, there's no big cousins, no big uncles. Unfortunately, some of them are six feet in their forever boxes and some of them are six to forever years behind bars. So they don't have someone telling them, hey, that's not what you do and if you do it, this is what I'm going to do to you for doing that. So now you have people that's 18 that society have told them that that makes them mature and grown to do from smoking to drinking to getting an apartment and just so many things getting gun license to where with anything in life you have to develop a skill and you have to learn it and you don't learn something overnight you know the saying Rome wasn't built in a day so how could we allow these the new generations to make them so grown it's because we've told them to, and a lot of them have grew up without a mother, a grandmother, a teacher, an auntie, to where they feel they taught themselves and made it to 18. Because in this generation, a lot of kids, it's a blessing now to make it to 18. 
used to be 21. Now it's 18. For us, it used to be, I hope I live, get to 35 or 50. So each year, it, it is pushing the number of hoping for life. So this generation is more fearless, resentless, hard-headed. They, they, they have all the, the heart, but they have no guidance. They have no structure. They don't know when to control their their rage and that's that's one thing and then they've been affected by so many things that I didn't see that they see that they go through that things that we would say it was in a book a storybook you, you know when I was growing up it wasn't man, it, it wasn't just so many baby funerals now it is the norm it's the norm to go to a funeral. It's like now you know, hey, I gotta keep my my suit ready, not for an interview, but for murder. Versus back then, it they they fought, they used their hands. So if you didn't like this group or you didn't like that person, you you and that person had to stand toe to toe and hey, we gonna decide how hard you don't like me. Versus now. They're not giving no one opportunity, chance, or no time to reform. Nothing. And not only are they taking their life, I mean, someone's life, they're taking their life. Because um, it's a lot of mental, and a lot of our young people haven't dealt with just mentally locked to lose. Like, to lose the way that they lose. And I'm, my generation, we cried over just losing grandmothers and aunties. Y'all generation crying over losing babies, sisters, brothers, classmates. Y'all not crying over losing grandmas and aunties and wisdom. Y'all crying over losing people that y'all grew up with. So it's a big difference. When we lost, we lost knowledge, understanding, time. Y'all losing and not even getting time. Y'all don't even know what it means, but society told y'all y'all grown. So, unfortunately, this generation is not worse, but it, it, it lacks a lot of fundamental structure and patience and understanding. However, this generation is more relentless, is my, what I will say. Y'all ready, as we can see with the Black Lives Matter. Y'all, y'all fighting and y'all standing. And if y'all just had like rules on how to do it, like going to fight, like this group over here, we're gonna fight for this. But this group over here, y'all sit down and write these letters because this is what we need. Because that's the groups we came up for. We had people that did this, but our grandmothers was in there at the table writing. So that's what we started picked up. Oh, okay, we gotta know why mayors is, our senators is, our, and if a lot of people knew, like we should have been in Laurel Life. If you know your mayor face, your senator face, your alderman's face, your police, you know, precinct districts, like those are things that a a lot of the new generation lacks which unfortunately that's why I wouldn't say which one is worse because it's not a worse it's just we're missing key components but yeah you guys are fearless y'all hard-headed <laughs> sound about right that sounds like our generation so what did, did any of the things that happened in the 90s motivate you you know what what motivated you you know to change anything or you know when I was able to see black people purchase the same things as white people um, I I love going downtown because where I live it was such a close place and my parents 
service and made sure to keep us in an open atmosphere of seeing many different things. And once I saw how downtown and how they walked and had the luxuries of, don't get it, don't get me wrong now, don't nobody take this the wrong way. You know, I, I grew up with parents that love Avon, Haku, and you go downtown, their fragrances, Gari and different you know, name brand, just the textures, and it's this. Once I saw that I could acquire that just by doing certain different things, that's you were there. You were you were getting it. Okay, okay. I'm happy I can interview you today. You know, find find this great information. I, I found out some new things about you, and uh, some new information about the '90s. So. I'm glad I can hear this and the people at home could hear this information about back then, the down and dirty. Thank you, though. Thank you. Thank you for the bottom.